So our vision was to put girls into a rocket and then just accelerate their, their opportunities. I want to be in the back helping the ones that don't move forward. We didn't have that many investors, so we were able to recon like rechange the whole concept, the whole idea. And that's where that's where when we realized you need to start with a problem. It, it's tough. I'm a mother of two little kids, six, second, four. And yeah, I think that you have to have passion and with everything you do, you have to like really believe sure. in what you're doing. Because it's hard, especially with your eyes when you when you have kids. You need to be doing something that would make you feel good leaving them. Welcome to Seed Stars Podcast. SeedStars is an organization that aims to have an impact in emerging markets by supporting the local entrepreneurs, investing in their ventures, but also sharing their story globally because we really believe they are the true heroes. We'll be listening to them and other thought leaders and disruptors that are really shaping the future of tomorrow. And we hope that together we can build a sustainable impact. Before we start, I would like to thank our partners at Trek from the Jacobs Foundation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Seed Stars podcast for our first ever episode. I've invited Jessica from Guatemala City, Venezuelan entrepreneur that's going to tell us all about her startup. I will not introduce you, Jessica. Thank you for joining us. But instead, I want to start with this first question. Why did you call your startup the Valentina Program? Hi, Alisa. Thank you so much. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here having this conversation with you. So Valentina came because we got inspired by Valentina Tereshkova, the first women that arrived to space. Our, when we started this, this adventure and this journey, we wanted to like improve the, the quality of life of women. We want to like, provide them more opportunities and accelerate their progress. We started, Valentina started as a coding bootcamp for girls. So our vision was to put girls into a rocket and then just accelerate their, their opportunity. So it's like, okay, who was the first woman that did this, who arrived to space? And we learned about Valentina Tereshkova and her history and how she was like this first woman in this industry totally dominated by men. She also had vertigo, but that was her dream. So she accomplished it. So she represented a lot of what, what we wanted and what we wanted to accomplish. So we thought Valentina would, but was like the perfect name and we could honor her and inspired us every time we read. So that's what we called our adventured programa Valentina. Very cool. And maybe <laughs> could you tell us a, a bit of your background on how you went? Because so there's a whole story on how you pivoted from the coding boot camp into now what you're focusing on, which is on employment. But um, maybe beforehand, how did you come about this challenge? Like what was your drive to start this business? Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, I grew up in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And always in Venezuela, I remember going to these manifestations since I was a girl. It was because we were manifesting against violence or there wasn't enough food. Like, we're always manifesting against something. And one time, like I remember this like really vividly. I was like with my parents in a manifestation, walking again, complaining of something or arguing with the government against something we were not happy about. And we were like at a bridge. And you looked like the manifestation walking and going by and i don't know i had like this kind of like an epiphany so i remember okay Wait, this is really interesting how old how old were you for this epiphany 
uh, probably like 14, 15 kind of. Wow. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is really interesting because you have the people on the front, right? The one that leading, telling one everywhere where to go. And you have the people in the middle who have no clue that we're doing there or just following or just there because everybody else was there. The people on the sites, or sometimes they go in the march, then they go out, take a break, go back in. There were always people in the back helping move the ones that were left behind, that couldn't walk. And I don't know, for some reason I realized that's the position I want to have in my life. I want to be in the back helping the ones that don't move forward. I guess I was born at a, in a privileged position. We always had everything we needed. Our parents were able to provide for us. And I never understood why. Why us? Like, the, there's things that we cannot control. Like, we, we don't have a saying or a choice. Or, like, your background or your gender or your geography. And all those things were determining our outcome in life. And Absolutely. I, and it didn't make sense, like, for me. I, and I even thought, like, it was not fair. So at mm. that moment, I realized this is where I want to be and what I want to do. And I want to be able to provide opportunities for, for the people that have not been that privileged, you know, the people that have fallen through the cracks. And so I can be able to help them crawl back up and, and get back in the march and continue it, what everyone's supposed to. So that's why I decided and I've been doing this work ever since. Ever since. And it's interesting <laughs> that you say you in a in a in a march, you wanted to be at the back. Um, because in many ways we always think of the founder and CEO to be the leader of a march. And it's interesting how you position yourself because that's where the challenges and the people you really want to support. And maybe that's how leadership should be also. Uh, getting your hands dirty within the crowd and understanding everyone's uh, as you mentioned, cracks. Definitely. I think it's important, like everyone of the march, you need everyone. You need the people on the front, you need the people that just following, the people on the sides that go take breaks. Yeah. But but I I wanted to be there. I thought like that's where my place, I think where, where it is, and that that's where, where I want to do. And, and I think it's important and, it, and it's definitely hard as a leader. It, I wanted to be in the back, but also needing to, to be a, a to front. be at the forefront. And yeah. Definitely. And, and with your experience growing up in Venezuela, and I imagine how much this builds your identity from a little girl to manifest on a regular basis, even to have that knowledge and critical thinking. I think at, at, at your age, I had no clue about politics and and, and what were uh, also the, the cracks and the misinformation that we could have um, as a citizen. How has that... Um, has that built you as a leader in the sense, maybe could, could, you, uh, could you say that Venezuelan in many ways are great candidates to build entrepreneurial journeys because of their history? Do, do, you, do you feel that? Definitely. I think that builds like a resilience in, in yeah. people, in Venezuelans and and now, in a sense, like Nicaraguans are going through the same thing. We're, we're really resilient. And it's really interesting, the crisis we're having, we're having right now. And the friends that I have in Venezuela, they said, it's actually now it's interesting that the whole world is exactly where, where we are, where we have been. 
this is like for most of the world, this is new, this has never happened for Venezuela and sadly this has been a reality for, for a long period of time. So that really helps build your character. And for me, what has been more important is help you not take anything from granted, anything. Yeah. And things could always be worse. And it could always definitely be worse when you think, okay, this is it, rock bottom, you can keep going down. So, so it makes you, okay, this is it. We need to start going up and now. And, and I think, but most importantly, I would say the resilience it creates in people in Venezuela yeah. who adapt to anything. So what I think is so cool is that probably since you were born, you understand more than anyone the concept of survival of the fittest, uh, which is something that now everyone is saying with the pandemic, which is a pandemic crisis happening globally. And I imagine you're having good laughs on seeing um, on what people are concerned, uh, which is absolutely not vital compared to what you have imagined and lived through growing up. Um, maybe going back a bit more specifically to um, to your business model, can you can you um, go through the process of when you realized you had to pivot um, and what that entailed in terms of the culture of your company and even I don't know if you already had investors, but but what how did you operate that pivot? Yeah, so, so as I mentioned, Valentina started as a boot camp to teach girls how to code. And we thought, well, it was really popular when, when we started. Everybody was teaching people how to code. I was, well, that was the future. And there was no one focusing on indigenous populations. So we thought, okay, this is perfect. We could do it. We could like, accelerate the progress, give them jobs. So we started, it was actually a small investment when we started uh, the program. And yeah. then... After, yeah, like after the first three weeks, 80% of our candidates were already dropped out. And it's like, we realized, okay, what's going on? This, this is a problem. Why are you dropping out? It's perfect. We have the idea, the concept, the, the whole, we have the whole story. And, but when we started talking with them, they're like, okay, we really like your concept and your idea and the vision, but your program takes 10 months and we don't have 10 months. Like we need to work wow. to find a job right now. So, and they're saying 10 months is not possible because we need to bring back money now. Like it's really livelihood matter. That's it. Like we need, okay. now we cannot, we, we cannot afford it. Yeah. And, and like, and our vision was that, okay, we want to give them jobs, but then we didn't take into account the reality that was happening right now. So then we went to the companies again and mentioned this, like, why don't you hire them now? We will create a program with you so like we, that they can continue studying and we can build it. And then again, they were, we love your concept. We love your story. This is great. But we don't need them now, nor in yeah. 10 months. Uh, we need them five years from now. They have graduated and they have an actual experience for what you think they, they should apply for. Because we had like these jobs, these coding jobs where it was like four times the minimum wage. And mm. then we realized not even like, not even when we accomplished what we thought we could accomplish, we would have been successful. And then, but the companies told us something really interesting. There were like a few of them that said, they're like, but what we do need right now is basic tech skills because we're using these very qualified 
programmers to do really basic tech skills because the new hires we are hiring do not have the skills. And then that we so realize- sorry, just to just to understand, there was a talent gap in Correct. very basic tech skills. Whereas they had much more qualified engineers doing these basic skills, so they were paying too much, uh, basically, for, for such uh, a return. But were these engineers local, at least, or were they outsourcing that? No, they were local. They were okay, local. They were local, in- local engineers, the, the engineers were frustrated. They studied yeah. four years, they had all this experience, and they were doing basic tech stuff because there was no one like that had qualified. Interesting to do it. And then we realized this basic tech skill is something we could accomplish in a shorter period of time, understanding how time and the and how critical it is for our candidates to bring money to their households. So that's where we realized we need to completely change it. As I said, we didn't have that many investors, so we were able to recons- like rechange the whole concept, the whole idea. And that's where that's where when we realized you need to start with a problem, especially mm. in impact investing. If you start with a solution, then you're just going to decide, okay, or if you start with an idea, then you mm. would ha- want to make that idea work. But unless, if we would have started with a problem on the first place, like what's the problem? We would have come up uh, with, this, with this earlier. But so it's really, it, really important. S- sorry to, to, to stop you, but... It's so interesting that you say that specifically for impact investing. Um, and I do believe there there's still so much, uh, no, sorry, there's still little study and benchmarks and, and, and cases to understand what's the appropriate framework to thrive a profitable business, which has such a social uh, purpose. And why do you think the problem is so fundamental in, in impact investing versus launching any other business? I think that, yeah, definitely that's a good question because if not, you're going to end up sol- sol- solving something that maybe wasn't needed to be solved. And for us, what have been most important is when we start going to companies, when we started just to sell an idea, it's harder for them to adopt it. But when you said, okay, you have this problem, this is a solution that needs easier for them. Oh, that's right. We, we do have this problem. Let's, let's solve it together. And you're bringing us a solution to this. So then the, the traction companies get are bigger. And the end result, I guess, I think that would be are the main bigger. thing. It's, it's bigger. Because if not, it's just like an idea. Maybe you're not going to solve a problem. You're just going to push mm. your idea because you think it works. And, and especially if it, if it doesn't come, like, because the people who created this are outside of the problem, you know, it's, and if it's Absolutely. designed on an air-conditioned office, and if you're trying to solve something and you cannot totally relate, you might come up with something that would not solve the problem. So I think with impact investing, it's really, really critical that you understand the problem first, and then from the problem, come up with a solution. Okay, so um, let's go back to to where you stand. You've pivoted. You've realized that you're looking. You pro- you proposed a solution, not a problem, not answering a problem. Now you're realizing that companies need uh, these kind of uh, low skill set um, of technical 
um, employees that they would actually take on quite quickly. Um, how did you change your program? Did, did it change a lot to what you were previously doing? Um, how fast were you able to adapt to these uh, needs? So we changed it, it as like 180 degrees change completely. So from a coding 10 months program with all girls, we changed it into a basic tech skill, soft tech skill, work environment simulator for vulnerable populations. So then we realized, okay, we need to make this fast uh, because this, our population doesn't have much time. We need to make it fast, it has to be short. So we realized, okay, why don't we focus on the abilities they already have? These are the famous soft skills, and which is something the companies were also asking for. We want someone that would be proactive, that would know how to work. Everything else we could teach them. So if you give them basic tech skills and these are really proactive candidates, then we'll bring them on and then we can teach them and help them grow here. And so at SeedStars, we also have investments uh, in education companies and and even in our recruitment process for our own talents. What's the key to know the proactiveness of a potential talent? How, what's your, <laughs> what's your kind of secret sauce? That way, so, so I think what secret sauce is you have to put a candidate in a position where they need to be practiced. You can make all kind of tests, psychometric tests and evaluation. Yeah. But unless you're in that position, and again, I have this story that helped us realize that. This was actually okay. not in Venezuela, but it was in Guatemala. We got a... I don't know how I don't know how to say it in English, but I was with my boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, at the car. We needed an address. I took out my laptop, and then two guys at a motorcycle put next to us, and one brought a gun and started knocking Whoa. out the door. And it's like I want the computer, the computer now. Growing up, you know, Venezuela or these countries, we know okay, if somebody puts a gun out you and gives asks you to give anything, you give it. No, your your life is more valuable. <laughs> But then I was there at that time and I had a gun on my head, literally. And the guy was, give me a computer, give me a computer. And the only thing I could think of, I didn't back up my pictures. <laughs> There's no way I can't, I'm going to lose this. I was trying to think of all the possibilities. Okay. The light was red. There's massive traffic. My husband was there like screaming at me, give it to him, give it to him. I was like, There's no way I'm going to give this computer. <laughs> took the computer out, throw them to the guy. They left until this moment. I know I haven't been able to forgive him but for doing that. But the guy's like, if you don't give me a computer, I'm going to shoot you in the head. And yeah, that's where you realize you can think and you can really prepare how you're going to react. But unless you're in that situation, you're never going to know. So what we created is we just simulated the work environments, like outsourcing and internships. We put the candidates in different positions. They're going to be exposed when they get a, a job. And then we see how they react. We change Excellent. stage. Yeah. We give them hard feedback. We change leaders. And depending on how they react and through different and more than a thousand data points, we can measure. And then that's, you have like a better idea of if they're going to be proactive or, or not when, when they're in a situation. So that's when wow. we change our oil concept. And I would say that's part of our, our secret sauce. 
And now we're introducing virtual reality to kind of the same thing to put people in different situations that are more immersive than a regular test and see how they would respond in the, with the idea or the hypothesis that how they respond there, it would be similar how they would respond in a real life Have, situation. Do you know a bit kind of your, your competitor landscape in the sense that for me, this is super innovative of how you prepare you approach HR. And, and I mean, just looking at how HR in general with many companies is still very standardized, as you mentioned, with these tests mm. and you go through these process, et cetera. And you're so right to say that it's only in living the experience and seeing the people in, in the actual moment that you can detect at least as their values align with the, the company they want to work with and, and potentially a, a certain set of their skills. Um, are you that no novel? What's on the markets? The, definitely in, in our region, we're, we're, we're the only one uh, For sure. attacking HR with both ends. So what we realize, HR has two ends. Like you have the candidates and you have the companies. And we're, we're working with both, end, both ends of the equation. But there's a few I think McKinsey have done. They, they have it more on a, a nonprofit level. It's an organization called Generation. We have okay. something very similar, but they focus more as an, an NGO. So it's, it's a nonprofit. And, and there are a few different, but more, more on the bootcamp side that have a business model similar to us, like Laboratoria and Ola mm. Code are, are two other organizations. But I think with our focus, we are the, we're the only one. And yeah, that's and you can scale with the data points that you're 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 able to collect huh, on top. So so, what are your numbers right now? Where where do you stand uh, with the uh, Valentina program? Yeah, so we have certified fifteen hundred candidates so far. This is only in in Guatemala, and we have opened eight different um, the venues of Valentina around the country. We're not only in the in the capital. And we have helped find jobs almost, yeah, 500, 500 of our, of our candidates. We have helped them get, get jobs in, so, so far. And then our vision now is to expand to other programs, other countries, sorry, and, 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 and grow and, and grow. And here's the big question everyone has with companies trying to do profit and purpose at the same time. What's your revenue model and how do you balance out between the KPIs that are more purpose-driven versus your financial KPIs because you need to build sustainability and ultimately if you want your impact to be that fundamental, you would want scale. Um, so, so how does it uh, operate? Sure. So our revenue model is actually very uh, interesting. It's really, I think it's really unique also in, in a lot of ways. Because we wanted to be sustainable. I come from the nonprofit sector and I actually jumped to the impact yeah. sector because I was tired of fundraising. I wanted to be focused on the impact. <laughs> I wanted to create yeah. something that were the more impact you create, the more revenue. That for me sounded like, okay, this is amazing. This is like heaven, being able to, to create that. And so we decided, okay, but we need to be sustainable. So you need to charge something for the service you're providing. But we also want to be inclusive. So if you charge at the beginning as many training or as many educational institutions do, 
then well, you limit the access to the population that really need it, especially understanding that we're working with unemployed um, uh, participants or, or youth. So we decided, okay, what happened if we aligned everyone's interests? Like what would the candidates want? They wanna be trained as fast as possible and be placed in the best paying possible job. So yeah. why don't we create a model that would have those same incentives? So we create this paying forward model where candidates go through the program and they only paid us once our value proposition has been fulfilled that they have find a job and they now have an income. So in that way, we were able, okay, to have the, the sustainability part, but also be inclusive and anyone could participate. And then we also charge the companies as a headhunter and as a regular headhunter, that we could, but we could charge a little bit less to be more competitive. So our model is like okay. a pay forward, zero risk, and all the participants can attend. And then once they get a job, then they pay forward the equivalent of one salary divided in payments. Okay, so you, you really do need volume and kind of a certain rhythm so that in terms of cash flow and growth, you're able to also do the investments to scale. Okay. And uh, maybe what's your, no, you know what, because you shared your story of, of being at gunpoint and your husband <laughs> ready to, to, and you ready to leave him because you had to leave your computer. Um, I think so, <laughs> so many entrepreneurs that, that are connecting with us or want to be entrepreneurs that want to jump in into a, Uh, an entrepreneurial adventure and one that is more impact and emerging market driven, they always have this, this kind of big doubt and under, like, how do you balance this with your family? How do you, how do you make this work? And, and it's still such a long journey ahead for you. Um, kind of what are your takeaways so far? It, it's tough. I'm a mother of two little kids, six, second, four. And Yeah, I think that you have to have passion and with everything you do, you have to like really believe sure. in what you're doing because it's hard, especially with your act when you, when you have kids, you need to be doing something that would make you feel good leaving them in a way or will make mm. you feel, feel satisfied. I, I don't know if I would be the right person to say I have balance. I don't know if I have. I have. Valentina, it's women-led, women-owned uh, companies. So most of our and our like administrative stations, 70% of our employees are women. Uh, all the general managers were all women. And so I think that has also helped. Like we understand. There is this anecdote. I think it's really funny. If we could, like if we were able to snapshot that moment, like for me, we'd say, this is what being a women entrepreneur means. If we could snapshot this moment this is what i will explain so there's four of us and, and we were having this conversation it was actually about a six star growth program we needed yeah. had a meeting and we had to it was in like we were going to have it like presence but then we had to make it in uh, virtually like most of the meeting now and at that moment so one of us like the, the four of us so one was at a ho the hospital because her son was having a trip. It was nothing critical, but she was in the waiting room. <laughs> I was in the parking lot of my son's kindergarten because I had to drop him off and then I didn't have time to go nowhere. So I was actually in the parking lot. The other one had her three-year-old sick at home. So jumping around the conversation. <laughs> and the other one was 
about to give like she gave birth I think like four weeks later after that and like that moment was like this is amazing and we didn't even hesitate complain talk about it and like this is life and life yeah. has to happen while you're growing a business and yeah we always joke about well first men would have never been in that position on the first place and they would probably <laughs> cancel the meeting but it's i think you just have to yeah life is not going to stop you have you have to be able to to manage and understand and both would would be at the happen at the same time so actually this pandemic is a really interesting and insightful moment for humanity as a whole because men and women are obliged in confinement to go on with work uh, virtually. Uh, so they'll have to experience uh, what life is with the family uh, behind, <laughs> behind the scenes, actually. Uh, Definitely. I, I, hope, I hope we learn some, some good out of all of this. Uh, interesting that you were saying that. Um, do you... So, so I think there is definitely, and, and probably especially in the impact space, the fact that you are representative of a women-led business, a women-founded business, it's so powerful and we're still heavily underrepresented in any continent around the world. Um, what do you think was the key? If we had to try and, and, and build uh, scalable, um, low-cost uh, solutions to how we can build more diversity in companies, what do you think was the single most important factor for your business to have, and you mentioned 70% of uh, your employees, and even at the level of senior management uh, being women? What do you think? Is it because you are a founder woman? What's the... What's that most important element? Well, definitely, I think because we're a, we're like I'm a founder as a woman, or the name, and we're targeted women has definitely attracted more women. But especially for the top management, the key factor has been flexibility. Uh, okay. Most most of our like our candidates are really really strong women that have worked in a like more complicated industry that had to leave that industry because they want to have more flexibility and have more time with their kids. And I think that has been our key factor that we're flexible with schedules, with time. And that has what attracted, especially our top management. So flexibility is really the, just so I'm like, really, it's clear also for the audience. It's really about uh, being able to allow every uh, in, like team member to set up their own agenda, be at home like an office, be able to reschedule without being frowned upon, this kind of uh, flexibility or you have something else also that uh, should be considered? So again, one, that, that's definitely one. It would depend on the industries, but just sure. to understand and see, okay, if you need to go to the hospital with your kid, that's okay. There's no problem. We're not counting the days or the yeah. six days you might have. So that's definitely one. And the other one that is really important that I didn't mention is definitely the impact. Again, as I said, you're going to leave your kids and that's going to be really hard on, on you and especially in, in how society judges you, but especially on you, you know, well, yeah. you know, so it has to be worth it. 
and being understanding that you're there doing something meaningful it helps so i think mm. the flexibility and the impact has been our two key ingredients to attract more women and be a 70% women representation interesting Yeah and and I think there are actually more and more studies proving that the impact space is scaling so quickly um also because there are more women uh, that are now decision makers on the investment side and on the the buildings I mean the the entrepreneurial side um You you mentioned quickly the Seed Stars growth program. We actually also when building it thought it was so important that it stays virtual uh not only because the business was at a at a at a scale and at a point in its life where it wouldn't make sense to ask you to relocate or have such a level of investment in in being somewhere else than in your own or targeted market but also because we had a lot of women entrepreneurs that were feeling like they were being uh left out because the, the the investment requested was just inappropriate and 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 impossible with the family life that they needed that they were still running and, and leading on um has that made the like has that been an easier decision for you to follow it um um has that helped uh, the business or is that not really a factor Totally. Totally. As I said, we were able to have the meeting because if it was virtually everybody doing and trying to fit it on the on the on the schedule. So I think yeah, transforming and make it a bit virtually. I, I we would have been those ones that would have have to deny participating. No, exactly. Because we wouldn't have been able because it is it is really time consuming. But then if you're doing virtually, you can adapt it. You can understand it, and and it, you can fix it into into your schedule and then eventually you will get a rhythm and it will start mm. like following but at the beginning it might seem a little bit overwhelming because the fact it was virtual and then we were able to accommodate it at our own schedule that really helped and just so it did because so why you're part of the seed stars growth program is that you won the the trek and hg fribourg um, education prize and um There's a lot of noise around the fact that these prizes and programs uh, don't really build unicorns or high growth businesses, whatever you want to call them. Why is Valentina program still applying for such competitions or prizes? Why do you feel like, what has it brought to you uh, in terms of sustaining a performing business? Um, because many could say that it, pushes you away from the business or it could set a level of mediocrity what's your why join the program and 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 well amazing that you won but uh, there was a whole process to get here so it is a real investment yeah definitely but but i think it it's worth it for us has been great and we've we've been able to apply because it keeps us i think on the contrary it makes you mediocre i think it keeps you growing it keeps yeah. you like Uh, okay. updated awake yeah. updated or what's going on and and it introduces you i think the network it gives you like the contact and the the organization the people and the mentors we have been able to work as a startup you do not have time to start looking for it. like people and mentors it's hard you need to figure out and be like on the trenches and the day-to-day so this program helped us be a 
exposed, help us take a pass, help us maybe think it at like an, at a higher level. So we are actually we applied to, to a lot because we've seen a lot a lot of benefits. And, and at the end, like on a side note, if, if if we could help inspire others and show yeah. it can be done, I think that's also important. It's hard. It's really really tough. I think there's not, and especially being a woman, being an entrepreneur, being in tech, being human resources, like. The one thing harder than dealing with human resources is starting a business that focuses on human resources. On top, exactly. On top. And, 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 and it's hard and you need to see that it can be done, that it's possible, that there are other people and, and you can connect and, and go through this, this journey. So I think they're, they're really, really useful. And, and when we liked and we applied, especially for it, it keeps us updated and it connects with, with yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, maybe uh, so, so it's, it's what we, we asked to kind of all our, our guest speakers is, is a couple of more standardized questions at the end. And one I wanted to start with was, um, what's your North star? Like what's the, your impact target? Um, that you have one, two, three, five years down the line. I don't know what's how you've projected the Valentina program, but what is it for you? Yeah, we want to be able to impact at least like one million lives in, in Latin America. And if we could place mm -hmm. at least half of those 500,000 people in jobs, I think that that would be incredible. Coming from the nonprofit sector, being in the social world all my life giving someone a job i think it's the most impactful thing you can do it takes away the vulnerability it gives people options it gives people choices it increases your self-esteem so if we are, can do that to like 500,000 yeah. people it's amazing and but i think that's what's really powerful about this impact program because every person you place you know you're making the world better just by placing one. And that gives you enough fuel to continue. And if we reach this really high goal, it would be amazing. But if not, we're now like the 500 people that we have placed in jobs. I know their lives and their family lives are not going to be the same. And their futures, their futures are going to be different and their opportunities are going to be different. And I think that that was inspired it, us every day. Absolutely. Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> I was just <laughs> reflecting on seed stars and where we were. Um, if you, you, now you're saying you're expanding to new countries. And so you're going to want to find, uh, recruit people that can live by your culture. And so what are the values of Valentina? Our, like what we live for, and I think something we constantly say to each other and our team is we want to leave the, the world better than we can imagine. Mm. So we want people to be idealists. We want people to dream. We want people to think we can make things way much better than, than what we think it's possible. And I think that's what, what we're going to look for and just people that, that are creative and that care, that care about the other. So we, you are one of our heroes. Who is your hero? Definitely Valentina is, is our hero. <laughs> we, we've been reading a lot about them. But at a personal level, before knowing Valentina, I would have to say the, the Dalai Lama is definitely one of my heroes. I had the 
opportunity to visit to visit Tibet. I was working with kids with disability there and see what had happened and the way he had approached the, the whole situation and how to such a complicated thing he had managed to make it in something so so beautiful yeah. and 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 this and this message he's been spreading to the world for as a personal for me gives me a lot of strength I don't know make me feel safer to be in this world knowing that he's here <laughs> and for, <laughs> that's so, nice someone completely in remote uh, with whom you've never had a physical connection makes you feel safer <laughs> It's nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, it's been wonderful to hear your highs and lows <laughs> because there are lows too, <laughs> to building such a business. Um, and we will uh, hear from you soon as you go through not only the Seed Stars growth program, but continue the adventure of Valentina program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a great, great pleasure. Thank you for listening to our hero's journey. And subscribe now for more stories on Seed Stars Podcast.